Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And live. we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, <laughs> Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> so gentle. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Welcome to the Exchange podcast. It is just really, really good to be here with you guys. How you boys doing? Daniel, you look sharp as always. Good. Actually, this cardigan was a gift this summer from my parents, and I lost this cardigan um, a few days after my parents had gifted it to me. I've just been layering with, like, sweaters when it gets cold, which is not often. And I cleaned my room out yesterday, and I found this. I found it. It was at the bottom of a lot of stuff in my closet. So I've been wearing it for two days now, and it's it's fantastic. Did you call a party and dance around and celebrate? Mm. Yes, we did. This sweater of mine was dead, but now it's alive. Mm. Yes, I have slaughtered the fatted calf, Alex. It was lost, but now it is found. Josh, how's life in Louisville? Good, man. Uh, I just got murdered by a church history test, so that sucked. Wow. You think you got murdered by it? Yeah, man, it was it was it was a rough test, dude. It was hard, but I was pretty happy with my grade. To be honest with you, I'm preaching on Saturday, so finishing up for that. Oh man, that's about it. We have. Should we do the special announcement to the to the droves of listeners? I have a special announcement to make. There's going to be a, an occasion soon. Very, very soon, we're going to do something very special on this podcast. And uh, in honor of our beloved friend, Daniel Lopez, for his birthday, Alex Turkmani and I split the cost of a ticket for him to go to the U2 concert here in Louisville. By myself. (laughs) And all three of us are going to be attending the concert. And afterwards, we will be recording. Wow, a- wait, 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 wait. Alex is going to be there? Yeah, man. In person? Yeah, man. Wow, no one told me that. What a surprise. What a yeah, pleasant buddy. surprise. You know, it's really surprising. Wow. That's better than the concert, man. Like, just being with you guys in person is going to be so great. The concert. I'm so excited now. So you two will be performing their entire Joshua Tree album, and all three of us will be attending. And then uh, I'm sure I'm sure I'll be bringing a camera to get some video, to get some pics, to update the throng. And uh, afterwards, we will record a podcast for everyone to listen to together in Louisville. Wow, the three of us. We should re- we should record at like a like a whiskey bar, like a bourbon bar or something like that. Ooh. Something that like a real reformed podcast would do. <laughs> are we that? Re- hey, we are at the town ale house. <laughs> <laughs> just just cigar smoke and beards. That's all I see, my friend. We we don't want to get too pubcast here, guys. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Slope. It's a slippery slope. You call. Well, that's a special announcement. Uh, looking forward wow. to it. Very excited. Nice. I feel boys, so privileged. Boys, we have uh, an app that is busting at the seams, mm. as always. 
Let's get into breaking news. Russell Moore of the Southern Baptist Convention has decided to send a letter to President Trump and Vice President Pence in which he calls out the refugee order, saying that it is both unchristian and un-American. What do you think? Let's stop there. What do you think about Moore speaking out in this way and calling out the president's executive order? I think it's good. Yeah. Oh, Josh. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. You think yeah. it's good? I think it's good. I think he should. If he's if he's acting in a way that's unbiblical, he's calling him to submit to the King of Kings. And both traditionally uh, and biblically, that has been the position. That's been the position of the Puritans in America, and I think that's the biblical position too. The SBC before the letter has gone out has launched an investigation. <laughs> I mean, what are they looking into? Has Russell Moore talked with the Russians specifically <laughs> during the months of October, November, and December? I mean, what are they investigating? Is he sending they, the letter? No, are they, they going to read the letter. They think Russell Moore helped wiretap Donald Trump's phone. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see Obama like Russell. We need someone smart. We need someone on the inside, and you're our guy. Can you? Get close enough to Donald to tap his wire. Can you get close enough to do that? <laughs> Can you insert Trump Tower and get me the information? <laughs> Is that uh, something that you can do <laughs> for your country, Russell? Anyway. All right. So the SBC, we haven't even gotten to the bad part yet. Launch has spent $1 million. Dude, $1 million to investigate Russell Moore. And, and our source on this is the New York Times. Like, this is this is a yeah. legit source. Like, this happens. Well, send us the Washington Post. Washington like, Post. Who are they hiring? James Bond? That's what I'm <laughs> like, A million dollars? You can't just hire PI? Why are they, like, setting their budget so high at the beginning? Like, why wouldn't they just hire a private investigator? Dude. To find whatever you want to find. Why are they saying, no, 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 listen. I'm going to spend a million dollars right now to invest. What do you buy for a million bucks like, right on the bat? Like, what do you buy? Are they just saying, or are they saying we're going to spend up to a million dollars to investigate him? As if a million bucks couldn't help anything else in the world. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, Alex. The million dollars is coming from the budget for the cooperative program. I'm really excited to see Russell Moore's response his position in this in this election have always been a breath of fresh air i think so the reason the sbc cares so much is that there are churches by the hundreds who are pulling out pulling their funding for the cooperative program because of russell moore's stance and because of his letters so on the refugee thing so i it which is unbelievable to me but I think it boils down to the connection that conservative Christians have with politically conservative candidates. Hmm. Like they're like Dude, don't call Trump politically conservative. No, but he isn't okay. With politically cons- traditionally politically conservative parties, it shows the that there is still a connection between the Republican Party and conservative Christianity 
that if you if you oppose the Republican president, you, we we will not fund you. We will stop giving money towards this cause. But towards here's the-, the frustrating part: is that the cooperative program is not money that goes to Russell Moore and pays for his bills. Mm-hmm. That's what's frustrating to me. What's hilarious <laughs> is they're pulling their funding from the very fund that's going to be investigating Russell Moore. That, but these churches, the only the only thing that they can do is withhold their contribution. Like that's that's their connection to the SBC because the SBC, the only thing that ties them together is that cooperative program. That's mm. that's, that's the only thing they can do. He's the head of like their ethical policies or something like that. Like. Yeah. So when when Russell Moore says this is my position, he represents the SBC. So when churches say he doesn't represent me, that's when they say I'm pulling my funding. Well, good for Russell Moore. Hashtag hashtag not my ethical representative. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sabrina Pinella original. Um, all right, boys. Let's move on to the next topic. Boys, Donald Trump has released a set of. Tweets accusing <laughs> former President Barack Obama tapping his phones during the election. An, an investigation has been launched, probably costing close to a million dollars. What be, what what benefit could Obama could President Obama have received from tapping Donald Trump's phone? What what do you think about the president taking the Twitter on it? Okay, let's let's. I just need to clarify. It was. President Obama and Russell Moore. Mm, that much. <laughs> and Jack Bauer. <laughs> you could never pull off a mission like that without the assistance of Jack Bauer. Mm. Um, and Russell Moore verified the ethics of it. As no, no, he does no. so well. Dude, it was a mission for CTU, and Russell was the bridging gap between the presidency and CTU. Okay, this is what I want to see. I want I want to ask you guys this. What if it was Jack Bauer, not played by Kiefer Sutherland, but played by Russell Moore? <laughs> I will never tell you where I hid the... <laughs> like Russell Moore waterboarding somebody. <laughs> where are <laughs> You're going to tell me or I'm not going to leave this place until you do. <laughs> you need to repent and tell me what you've done. <laughs> I'm here for the American people of the cooperative program. <laughs> Dude, that would be that in in like the backstory is like uh the whole time the the cooperative program is investigating him while he's yeah. trying to save the country. All right, boys, wiretapping. What could Obama have gained from that? I have no clue, man. I have no idea as well. You want to make a prediction what what will come of this investigation? With so many people in Trump's administration having communicated with the Russian embassy and Russian voters, this is just Trump's way of saying, of distracting people, of taking the attention away from the investigations that people want done on him to somebody else. And it was hilarious to me that his administration reacted by saying, we don't know what he's talking about, but he's probably right, so you should investigate. (laughs) What? Your source of, he's the ultimate source of authority now, not evidence. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, that's that kind of the name. It's always been, it's always been like 
people have have avoided the investigation, and their 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 administrations have always backed them up. Dude, but here's yeah, but they didn't even back him up, Alex. They said we don't know what he's talking about, but this should be investigated. It's like they didn't want they, because they realized they didn't want to lie on TV, but they also didn't want to lose their White House job. <laughs> this is my prediction, okay? okay? Having having spent a good portion of my childhood in South Carolina, Daniel having spent a good portion of his life in Virginia and South Carolina, I'm sure can attest to this also. Alex, this is probably foreign to you, but one form of Southern rhetoric is to say something bad about something that everybody about someone who everybody dislikes. You just say something bad about them and everyone hops on the bandwagon and believes you. And that's just a form of, of rhetoric. So like I can this is this is what I'm picturing, okay? I'm picturing people in their living rooms, uh, hearing Donald Trump saying, Obama wiretapped me, and them all being like, Yeah, he did. Not because of <laughs> any evidence or anything. But because somebody who they identify with says something bad about someone they don't like. It's such a wild claim, dude. Obama slashed my tires. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag thanks, Obama. <laughs> Obama keyed my car. <laughs> Hashtag not my wiretapper. <laughs> Somehow I feel like this is going to fizzle and die. Yes. People will forget about it. Yeah. I think, I honestly think that they need to take his Twitter account away. You can't say things like that. Like, you just cannot. Well, you can. (sighs) You can't say, so-and-so tapped my phone. (laughs) Inkling of evidence. And here's the thing, dude. If... It actually happened, and if he has evidence, he's totally screwing up the investigation by going public with it the way he did. Yep. Can you imagine Ooh. Obama this like, like over the weekend? He just woke up in the he woke up at nine in the morning because that's his new thing now, dude. He's like, I'm not getting up until I want to get up. So he woke up at nine. Like, his house servant brought him an orange juice and some waffles and, like, the Wall Street Journal. And he just sat in his backyard, smelling the fresh flowers, and just started laughing super hard. And Michelle was like, what's up, honey? And he said, oh, you've got to see the latest one. And they just sat in their backyard laughing and then went inside and had some food and then went to the pool, dude. You know he doesn't care, man. Michelle. Michelle. You've got to see. You uh, you've got to see what I read this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The audacity, the audacity <laughs> of Trump's hope that I tapped his phones. <laughs> Tale as old as time. <laughs> Perfect transition to our next topic. Um. Beauty and the Beast being remade. Boys, I'm going to be honest with you. I love the movie. I love the cartoon. One of my favorite Disney movies. Just going to be honest. Great show. And recently, there's been some controversy around it. The actor who's going to be playing, is it LaFou? Has, in my opinion, and you can disagree and agree with this, whatever. 
made a jump in interpretation and claim and claims that LaFou, the character, is a homosexual. And he's going to be portraying him as a homosexual in the live action film. And this is a triumph for that community. Boys, what are your thoughts on this? Obviously, the Christian side has revolted against it uh, with shock and awe. Uh, boycotts have been have been signed. <laughs> Pledges have been taken to never see this movie or watch any other Disney movie. There's been there's been Disney burnings in the streets. People have been going nuts. The fire has gone up and the smoke goes up forever and ever. I took my copy of Finding Nemo and I just I just destroyed it. Isn't Finding Nemo Pixar? Yeah, man, but they're associated with Disney. If, if they're they, close, right? If, if Disney and Pixar work together, then I can't. I can't even watch that. Anymore. Mm. Well, that means Star Wars, dude. Yeah, I, exactly. I think people aren't going far enough. I think anything that Disney touches. And the old Star Wars, too. The old ones. Not even the ones I took that... my VHS copy of Fantasia 2000. <laughs> it just ripped the tape right out of it. I, <laughs> I love that's the one you have. Like I love <laughs> you, you strike me as a Fantasia 2000 guy. It's a great movie. I'm pretty sure actually we have it on DVD. Not it was not allowed to watch Fantasia because it had a wizard in it. Wow, but you were allowed to watch Lord of the Rings. Okay. Oh, dude, no, 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 no. That's a different story altogether. Can I tell that story on the air? Yes. Okay. So I had a. I had a friend, his name was Max Halverson. Max Halverson was having a birthday party where he was going to go see Return of the King in theater. And up to this point, I was not allowed to go to watch Lord of the Rings because it had magic in it. And uh, he was, he invited me to this birthday party, knowing full well that I wasn't allowed to see Lord of the Rings. I told my mom, and she was like, okay, well... Let's rent the first one. We'll watch it and we'll see if it's as bad as people say it is. So we start watching it. We get to the scene in the first one where they go to the elf witch in Lauren. Lauren, yeah. And my mom's like, like had it up to here at this point. She's like, no, like this is evil. We we just we put it away. I I go to sleep that night. I wake up the next morning. I slept in. I come downstairs. My dad is downstairs in the I'm living room. He's like, Josh, he's holding up the VHS of The Fellowship of the Ring. Have you seen this movie? <laughs> I was like, well, I started it, and he's like, this is the greatest movie ever. And he's like, best thing, there's a part two, and part three is about to go into theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah. That is so classic. I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. <laughs> dude, I just would have loved to see your dad walk into the living room and just look at the DVD or the VHS and be like, hmm. Gosh. Gosh. Be like, I heard about this. Puts it in and just sits there for three hours and just pure enjoyment. Drooling, dude. Drooling. Dude, oh, like, I can also see him like opening up a secret compartment in your couch and pulling out like a whiskey glass. And like checking out people <laughs> and then like pouring out the whiskey and like putting on like, his magic movie. <laughs> he pushes the button and like smoke erupts from this like compartment. 
<laughs> and it like rises out of the cloud. No, but here's what here here is something true about my dad. Okay, one day he wasn't home. And I went up to his office, and I was just like, going through his stuff. I was just I was a kid. And I was just going through my dad's stuff, and he has all his CDs in this drawer. And so, like, on the top is, like, the good Christian music, like, the wilds, all this, like, choir music. <clears throat> I'm, like, looking through it. And I get to the bottom, and there's this uh, CD called Jesus Freak. And I open <laughs> it up, and it's autographed. <laughs> I love how that's the bad music. Dude, I know. No. I love how that's the one. I was like, oh, my gosh. Dude, Dude. man. I remember in a Christian school in Miami, uh, they had this huge church meeting because three of our teachers from the school went to a Casting Crowns concert, (laughs) and they had the church meet and vote as to whether they should take precautions and fire these staff members from the school. And my dad was in the deacon board. They had this, like deacons meeting right on wednesday night dude before they brought it to the church i kid you not we were there till like 11 30 at night like that's how long this deacons because they went to casting crowns concert dude it was like going to an acdc concert or something what they should have done is they should have dedicated a million dollars towards investigating them (laughs) that's the solvent they should have shut down the school sold the property and dedicated the money investigating these people. One million, one zero 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 dot. After taxes. Mm. Mm. That's really the only way you can get anything done nowadays, just throw money at it. I had a a story similar to Josh's. Um, Zach and I were trying to get into listening to ACDC. This is my childhood, okay? And my mom was preventing us from doing it. (laughs) You guess she's being a good mom. We were at a baseball game, and an AC, a famous ACDC song came on, and I looked over at my dad, and he was singing it. <laughs> dad, do you like this song? And he goes, yeah, why? And I looked over at my mom, and I said, Dad likes ACDC. And she like, started laughing, and she's like, all right. So then we were, we were able to listen to ACDC from then on. Wow. You guys had a very democratic household. Dude, it, it was all about the vote, man. All I about the vote. I didn't have any stories like that from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Were you able to listen to me like that back in the day? No, my no. parents were just like really, they've always been a really good team. Like they communicate very well. So they both like, were, they were always very consistent about what we were allowed to do well, and not yeah. do. My dad didn't know. Like, if my dad would have known that my mom had said no, I, I put them against each other. Yeah, but it's also like your parents were normal people. For a season in my parents' life, they made a really big deal about things that weren't a big deal. So oh, during God. that season, they were both, like, really serious about what was a big deal and what wasn't. Yeah. Guys, what? One, 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 could say, one could say that pitting one's parents against each other is a tale as old as time. Mm. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's that part kind of looks like the beast with that beard, though. When you see it in July or June, it's gonna be even bigger. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah, I promise you. 
unless I unless I mess up. No, we never oh. even talked about the character. And the yeah, we talked about the character. What, what do you think about, about this? Do you think LeFou is gay? What do you think about this? What do you think about the reaction? Thoughts in general? I'm going to open it up wide. Josh, I'm going to send it to you first. Okay. Your first question is, do I think LeFou is gay? In the cartoon. Yeah, that's up to – in the cartoon? Yeah. No, not in the original cartoon. I mean, like, because meaning, meaning is so tied to authorial intent. Meaning is not what you make it. And so I don't think that they were thinking that when they made it. Now, I think someone might be able to look – like, I, I could very much see them sitting around in a writing room and, like – and like looking at these lyrics and being like, no one's handsome as Gaston, no one's witty as on, and being like, oh, let's make him gay. Yeah. Like, let's uh-huh. see that happening. Just like you take the same words, you bring it to a different culture, different context, you make it do what you, like you can you can rework it. So I can totally see that happening. That doesn't make the original character gay though. Then, as your second question was, as far as people's response to it, what's so frustrating to me is that the initial response of Christians to things like this, to things like Starbucks, to things like Target, is just, like, I see the word outrage. Like, shock and outrage are the two words I see all across my newsfeed. And I can't think of a single time in the scriptures when Christians responded like that to the world acting like the world. Jesus responded to... Uh, people in their sin and saw them as a sheep without a shepherd. And I think that's what leads, like they're, they're sheep without a shepherd. They're, they're, they're wandering aimlessly with no one to lead them. And yeah, I think it's, it's unfortunate that Christians are reacting like they are. Dan, any thoughts, buddy? What else do what Josh said about the interpretation? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know what, what the actor meant by saying he was going to portray him like that, because to the extent that he can, it would have to be effeminate, not necessarily homosexual contact. Also, it reads into the story the fact that he would be acting on his orientation. That that is that is what would be aghast. You know, in the story, you don't because it is a children's tale. You don't see the prince and the princess. You don't see their sexual relationship much less would you see any other character's sexual relationship as a children's story. Right. So the furthest extent that this can be taken is that he would be an effeminate character. But that's not entailing anything about his sexual choices privately. Do you, do you understand the the, yeah. I think the line that I'm trying to draw? You don't think it's going to be much different. You don't think there's really going to be a lot of things that happen. No. Yeah. Insofar as, well, yeah. as, there an exist, as there, there's an existence of an effeminate character... I don't see a problem with that. I didn't see Christians being outraged by confessions of a shopaholic or the devil wears Prada. Well, no one, no one's gonna, no, no. one knows what's gonna happen. Like, except for the actors and the scriptwriters. Like, no one knows what actually how this actually plays out. We're all kind of just going off of like limited evidence. Let's just say Disney adds a whole new song. Okay? They add an entire, an entire four minute song into this movie with LeFou expressing his love towards Gaston in that song. How should Christians respond to that scene? Yeah. And does it ruin the I think it I think if that ha- just think, no on the outset. I think if that happens they are being unfaithful to the previous story. They are allowing the of our current day to interpret 
art for them. But it's a remake, man. It's a remake. But LeFou wasn't gay in the cartoon. That happens all the time in remakes. They're, they're, they're taking a story that they own. And the only reason they're it. making them gay is because of what our culture looks like now. What, what I was saying is that art should reflect culture. If art's not reflecting culture, then it's like, and art should be updated to do that, I think. Don't call it a remake, dude. It's not a remake. Yeah, it is. What is it? Okay. So, they're completely rewriting the character. Yeah, but okay, so here's another example. Here's another example. In the original Beauty and the Beast, the Beast can't read. In fact, Belle is the only one who can read in the original Beauty and the Beast. But there's a scene in the trailer where the Beast says that he's read all the books in his library. Is that is that dishonest or no? Um, That's a minor rewrite of a character. Yeah, they totally changed the harmony profile. What? I say that's I say that's major because in the original the whole the whole point of the original is don't judge a book by its cover. You have to read the book to find out what it's really about. And Belle's the only one who can read, and Belle's the only one who doesn't judge the book by its cover. And so I think it's a I think it's a big big thing that they're doing to change that about the beast. I would like to say I also didn't judge the book by its cover. I really perceived that the beast was a good guy from the beginning. I think that Christians so let's say let's say there is a whole song where LeFou is expressing his love for Gaston. Um, I think that Christians can watch that and not approve of, of LeFou's sin, but still feel sympathy for him that Gaston doesn't reciprocate that and that Gaston is chasing Belle and that Gaston dies. Like, imagine, like, I don't know how far they're going into this, but I can imagine how LeFou feels when Gaston dies, when he goes to kill the beast. Christians can feel sympathy for him, not because they think his sin is good, but because the story of Beauty and the Beast is about transformation through love. And LeFou, I think the Christian worldview makes, can make that, can make that character's affection towards Gaston um, a part of that story. LeFou's a tragic character in this story because he needs to experience that transformation through love in the gospel that the beast experiences. So are you saying that we can feel sympathy for him when Gaston does not reciprocate his love? Do you also have to say that we can feel joy for him if Gaston were to reciprocate the love? No, no. I would still feel sympathy for him because he still hasn't experienced the transformation he needs to. In the same way, I would feel sympathy towards uh, someone who was seeking love from uh, a heterosexual relationship in the wrong way. I would feel sympathy towards them because they think that this is the love that will transform them, but the love that will transform them is the gospel. I agree with you. I mean, you're not going to be feeling sympathy the same way that other people will be feeling sympathy if that happens. Um, no, I wouldn't. Different way, but but I would say the the most important meaning is the meaning which propagates the gospel. I think that drawing the line at the word homosexual implies an inherent holiness and permissiveness to any sort of heterosexuality. When in reality, there's only one sort of heterosexuality that is good. That's the only worry that I have for Christians reacting so firmly to homosexuality broadly, but refusing to really 
take heterosexuality to the same critique and consideration. Um, so my heterosexuality is just as broken as someone's homosexuality outside of a marriage, sexual relationship within a marriage. That's a really good point, dude. People, I feel like Christians who react that way, at least they don't communicate that they, they, they fail to, to see their own sexual brokenness because of how easy it is to come to put yourself in comparison to someone else and their brokenness. Like, wow, I really missed the bullet by being heterosexual. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. Your, your sexuality is, is broken as well. And you're going to struggle with your sexuality. You know? It could be a case of, like, the fact that this is a new thing. Like, this is, this is, this is never or rarely happening when they started portraying sexual love outside of marriage. I'm sure there were a lot of contrasts of those types of movies. Yeah, psycho, man. Psycho. Yeah. I think that some of this is just that it's a new thing. That they're, they're, it's, a, it's the beginning of something that they're trying to, to fight against. But I agree with you both, you know. Um, I totally agree with you both. I, I disagree in saying that I don't think Disney's going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to portray LeFou. If they portray him as a homosexual, I don't think they're going to portray him in a negative light. I think it's going to be in a positive light or even like a heroic light almost. But, I mean, we'll see. I haven't seen the movie. I'm going to see the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think Christian should go see the movie. I don't think a boycott's necessary. Um, I think a boycott is stupid and foolish. You know, I don't think you need to show it to your kids, you know, just freely. But I don't think you should show a lot of things to your kids freely. Um yeah, those are my thoughts. And with that, good night and good luck. <laughs>